Welcome to Elite Six Think Tank, an open discussion group with business owners who share their knowledge, experience and skills. Welcome along to um, Elite Six meeting, whatever number it is, who cares who counts these days anyway. Uh, we've got a lovely crowd of people here. Um, I've just cut my thumb, the stitches have come out and there's blood everywhere so this is why we don't video the podcast. But uh, today we were having a lovely topic of, um, the, you won't know what it is. Thank you, resilience. Oh, okay. Good. Good. Yeah, so um, building resilience more than resilience. We actually have done a think tank meeting before on resilience. And um, there's normally a um, big screen up here with a mind map. We've stopped doing that because Helen used to have to be there. Yeah. You got sick of doing it. But if you had resilience, um, I was thinking about a, an example of resilience. I'm going to use Elite Six as I often do. We've had four break-offs of Elite Six since it's been going in the last 10 plus years. Uh, you think that would stop most wee companies, you know, when people keep starting up their own business networking things? But did it, did it stop us? I can't kill it. Probably <laughs> can't. <laughs> So is that, I mean, here with a bleeding thumb, we're going to say, and you're still here. But is that the definition of um, resilience, something you can't kill? Thanks. What's pushing ahead, even if the chips are down, I guess, resilience? Yeah. Um, Pushing through the hard times. Does resilience make you stronger? Uh, Are companies that have resilience built into them better, worse? Quiet the cheap seats, please. Um, for Jason, who doesn't know how this works, we have three balls. And if you want to speak, you put your hand up and give you a ball. And then if you want to speak after, then you put your hand up and you get another ball. And if you want to speak after that person, you get another ball. You get it. And then if you start talking too long, I take the balls out of your hand. That's the... What if you want to do four times? <laughs> he's a lawyer. Oh, afternoon, sir. Afternoon. Yeah. No, he's going to sit here. No, don't be. I'm charging. All right, so where were we? We were talking about resilience. And something you can't kill, does that mean it's got good resilience? Yeah. Oh, and James, yes, you've got to build. Yes, so resilience, you've got to build that into your business. As your business builds, you've got to take into consideration if it's going extremely well, but it's not necessarily going to be going extremely well forever. Um, I've got a really good track record going backwards, but I can I can never tell what's going to come from forward. So um, the thing to do is to, to build up your cash flow so that you're at a point whereby you can, you can run carry on running two or three or four months without having to worry about um, having a, a huge drop back in your um, turnover. So that kind of resilience is, is, is building yourself a foundation whereby there'll always be a period where your business is not going to go particularly well. So if you can work your way through that and have enough um, cash flow, whatever, to, to run through that, that's, that's good, good resilience with your business. Right. I think that's financial. Yeah. Oh, that. Sorry. I think that's financial. And there must be actually other aspects of resilience in the company. Financial is one of them, I think. So there's other, maybe you need to break it down and understand different aspects of resilience. Well, I think it's brilliant. Uh, there is a guy I'm thinking of, he might turn up, um, but he's been trying to get his business going for two years. And he hasn't sold anything. But he keeps pushing forward. And he, that, he, Why does he do that? Why doesn't he just give up? Because he's got passion for his business. He believes in 
Just because you got here early doesn't mean you can command the ball whenever you want, Rob. Really. Yeah, watched it. Yeah. Was he early today? Oh, Jeez, I watched. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Did you want? Yeah, Rob was early today. I thought I was safe today. <laughs> Rob Willie. Oh, you want me to talk now? Uh, <laughs> we're other people in the ball. I, ju I was just um, Sorry, contemplating that sometimes we press on and we press on and we press on and it could be passion. I don't actually think it is always passion. It could be that we've made an investment and we don't want to lose the investment, an investment of time. Um, our money, ourselves, or whatever, you know, like if you've gone around and you said, hey, I'm going to start a business, it's going to cost me 100k, I'm going you know, to rule the world, da 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 da, in a year, two years, five years after, we're not any further along. I think that resilience is, is the act of keeping going, but it doesn't necessarily mean that we should be keeping going. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Nigel? Uh, in a discussion with my other half a while back, she said to me one day when I was talking about a topic, she said, aren't you blinkered? And I said, no, I'm focused. And for me, that came down to, I've got the ball, I've got the ball by the horn, so to speak, and I believe in it, so I'm not letting go of the story. Yeah. Okay. Is that why a captain will go down with a ship? No, I think he has to. I think, yeah, that's his, his job. job. Yeah, he has to be the last <laughs> on that ship. Yeah, yeah. Right. job description. He signed up for it. So people's experience. Uh, I did think about this meeting before I got here, believe it or not, before I cut my thumb. But I was thinking of asking everyone where was the lowest point that they felt they've ever been in their business. And um, what, somebody really suggested something really good. David Clark's in a clap, a clap on the way in here. Congrats, Public speaker trainer who knows that he who's never late. <laughs> it's first time ever. First time ever. Um, so yeah, I think the lowest point you could ever be, the worst scenario you ever think of, never eventuates. Uh, so I'm just thinking if you guys ever had a point in your in your business that you thought that should I give this up? And when you think about that point, uh, why didn't you give it up? And why didn't you go get a job? Because that would be the lowest point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, oh, sorry, I forgot people had the ball. Um, Jason, you can talk after Harlan and Sahara, and then you have a turn. Like kindergarten, really. <laughs> um, for me, in the early part of my business, um, I just kept going and going, and I knew it wasn't really going anywhere, but I just knew I had something that would go somewhere eventually. So my, yeah, and my drive keeps me going, and that to me is my resilience. I never gave up, and I could have quite easily, but I just kept pushing forward, because I knew I could make something of it, which I, I had in the end. Okay, Dougie, and see here. Nice loud voice. Oh well, I've got two things. One, the answer to your question, the lowest point, was I was working with a woman who was in a really difficult relationship and I built confidence up and she was starting to voice what she needed in the relationship and to look at them out. And her husband totally and utterly stalked me for three months 
phoning the house at two o'clock in the morning. Sorry about that. I didn't mean to. <laughs> <laughs> and at that point, you think, gosh, I work from home. My kids are in this house. That was a real world point for me. That was just like, where, how can I protect these boundaries? And I was very lucky that I had three policemen on my books and they took care of it for me. <laughs> but that, that does sometimes become the low point because you have to consider that. Um, that security. It's like I have to do self-defense classes every three months, three years, because I want to make sure that if yeah. a man does come in here and he's got anger issues, I need to be a yeah. Self-defense training right there. <laughs> okay. That's good networking. But I have to. Uh, but I have to do that because what if I am in a fix? I'm out there on my own during the day, or if I've got an evening appointment, I'm there on my own. So that tends to be my low point: is the potential threat. But where are you going? Because you're getting up close and personal with people and you're hearing the most intimate stuff and they all of a sudden they have a bond where you're their go-to yeah, person yeah. with life goes to... At least three years. Three years. Three years. Guys I'm not coming to see you. you. <laughs> yeah. 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 Cool. And the second one? Proposals. It's all part of the job. Sounds very glamorous, really. <laughs> 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 yeah. um, you, do you keep a spreadsheet with one? <laughs> <laughs> Check whether I've got money first. <laughs> Capable of making my own. No. Um, right. no, the privacy aspect of what I offer, I don't keep anything online or everything's paper driven and it's all sealed. Um, on the point of resilience, if you don't mind me, just. Yeah, big lamp voice though. Um, I think it's. Uh, I think resilience has a really broad view on how you work. I mean, we talked about financial resilience. But I'm also thinking from the resilience of actually to stand by what you believe you're worth. Um, I have a lot of clients who come up with such incredible hardships and stories, but I am not a government-based agency and I don't do free work. I have pro bono work that I have a number of set clients a year and I do sponsorship work where I actually sponsor the client. But outside of that, no, it, my rate is my rate, and it's having the resilience and confidence to stand by that, and that can be tough sometimes when you hear the stories that you hear. No, thank you. Um, <laughs> I will go Nick, and then we'll go Jason, and then I'm going to go back to um, breaking it down to different types of uh, resilience. So you think about orchestrating that conversation. Probably go Jason first thing, because I was about to do that. Yeah. Oh, okay then. <laughs> All right, let's do Jason. Make a good Jason first words out. I don't know if uh, any of you read um, in today's. I read stuff every morning. That's my routine. Um, and bidding company in all clothes. It was a liquidators report. And it was why this company failed. Just speak up a bit, Jason. Why this company failed. And it was, no, it was a smaller bid. It was oh, okay. rebranded yeah. from Beds R Us. So liquidators report confirmed totally insolvent. Um, Are they had a million just had arrest? Yeah, they should have had a arrest. <laughs> because it was exactly the scenario that I've seen so many countless times over the years. It was a company that they did have blind faith in their business. They had blind faith in themselves. And that faith was totally ill-founded. Um, there was no financial control of the company. They'd been operating at a loss because, frankly, they'd been selling their product for less than that. That's true cost for many years. Uh, that finally caught out. and. A, a huge number of consumers that have been called out, as well as the directors, who will be, they'll be gone. Um, so, resistance and blind faith are not the same thing, in my opinion. Um, 
So resilience in blind faith. You, you, you can resist. You can resist reality, but that's not the same as resilience. It's not a substitute for looking at it, taking advice, looking at things objectively, deciding is this business actually viable or not. Resilience. If it's if we're talking about personal resilience, it's the actual ability to actually look at what you're doing and thinking, what I'm doing today is not making me a profit. Um, and monetary profit in anything, but in any business, it's a, it's a key KPI in my view to actually be making some money. Um, and they were going backwards. Uh, if I was a long distance runner, I was doing the coast to coast, and I had uh, resilience uh, versus perseverance. Yeah, what would you rather have when running a race? Because resilience to me is when you fall over and you damage your leg and you get back up again, I presume, and then you carry on running. But perseverance is where that pain hurts like a bitch, but you keep running. Mm -hmm. uh, I define resilience as, and, and the topic is building resilience. The res resilience is the attribute whereby you have set yourself up to be able to survive times which are not so good. Um, Contingency plan? That's a, yeah, um, you know, but at the same time, you've, you've got to have, a, know where you're going. Ultramarathon runner, there's other thing I read on stuff this morning, fell over, died a few hundred metres before the end of the, end of the uh, ultramarathon, and that's not resilience. Uh, <laughs> so, and I see the same in businesses, you know, that, that they... Do we as a country allow for businesses to get into that situation of getting company. Because you hear every other blinking day about a business that's gone bankrupt and then the next week they're blinking off the race uh, again. This, yep, my own personal experience, I worked for a couple of years for the Department of Trade and Industry in the UK um, dealing with insolvency investigations and uh, taking very harsh steps against directors. If you had two companies that failed, you, you were going to be investigated you could expect a quite a decent banding order. New Zealand, we do nothing. Yeah, yeah. Do yeah. New Zealand, they, they end up going to Australia. Years, no, no, no. There's no real, um, there's a handful of directors banned a year in New Zealand. Yeah. Um, and then they go to Australia and trade there. Yeah. That's what happened to that blue chip. There's, the, the enforcement in New Zealand is, is so minor. It's yeah, but how do, you, how do you handle that when, you know, I don't know, about the rest of you, but I know I've certainly heard on numerous occasions about these entrepreneurs who go through business after business after business and finally after maybe 10 or 12 or even more stumbles, they hit the right one and they go like... But go in the meantime, how many people, I, I think... I agree with before, you, you know, you know we had a trade company that yeah, went it. bankrupt, put a that on the beginning of their name, went bankrupt again, it then mm. changed the first word of the name and they're yeah. now trading again. And in the meantime, how many yeah. thousands yeah. of dollars have they yeah. taken yeah. or other businesses have, as a result? And it's, so, so, that's uh, not resilience, yeah. that's cruelty. Yeah, it's criminal. Um, so just, we're, Nick was going to try to categorise some of this, but um, did anyone get any ideas on that? Well, uh, different types of resilience, that, I think that's what we're discussing, isn't it really? Yeah. So if we did a different type, we're talking financial resilience. And then I was going to take it back to a purely practical sense. If you lost your trading premises or if you lost access to 
your data or do you actually have a plan for that and is that then resilience that you can still trade even though you have no premises or even though you've lost your server or so purely operational mm. resilience as well could you still trade if your key person who knows everything about your business because there's always one um wasn't there could so you I'm thinking trade? vulnerabilities now what's your vulnerability what's not you? i said i uh, had a question this week was uh, if i were to write you out a check and tell you you had to walk away from, from your business for two weeks how much money would you want me to give you and in my business if i walked away for two weeks would probably kill it uh you know so in some other businesses said oh it didn't worry me at all give me how much just give me a check uh, oh, sorry about the blood um, just following, yeah, just oh. following up on that, um, I think the best form of resilience, resilience is generally, and you may refer to it a little bit about being strong when there's a crisis, but I think the best form of resilience to build into your being and your business is to have resilience in what the market's doing and how you're operating yourself within your industry to be strong enough not to get into a problem. So if you have resilience and you have your your blinkers either off or focus, I think if you can structure your business and yourself to have resilience to combat the market as it is, we'll be able to revive, revise, refine your structure, the way you operate and your being means that you don't get into those problems. So it's, it's like, it's not a counter for an issue, but it's actually a structural integrity that you have to avoid getting into an issue. Mm. Oh, David. It's, it's interesting, I've come and like the conversation, so I don't know if you've received first off. But if anything, this city should be regarded as resilient city. Because if you have a look at it, more people who are required to be resilient here than probably any other time in, in recent years. Um, and so, in, and with that in mind, I, I just wonder whether resilience isn't an actual fact about having that inner strength to be able to cope with what happens to us. That old, it's not what happens to you that counts, it's how you take it or how you react to it and so I think when we're thinking about resilience maybe that's sort of a good place to, to really focus on and just, just yeah, what are we focusing on did you get that you gonna talk about that yeah yes that was a good topic Thank you. Yeah. Um, in my degree uh, <laughs> we had uh, to write about uh, scenario planning and and planning contingencies and, it, and it's a really boring topic it's it's very uncomfortable uh, because if you take your business you're operating today and and you're here right and you're aiming to be there you're always aiming to be larger contingency planning and scenario planning is basically saying where you are at today what could possibly go wrong and to have a look at everything that could hit you and have you got a plan. So, you know, like with your description about Christchurch, you know, like we've had earthquakes, yeah, um, and obviously, you know, like a massacre and stuff. 
the contingency or, or scenario planning is that if there's another earthquake, are we prepared? And of course, you know, like we hear all the time, you know, like, do you have you know, like enough uh, to you know, like survive if you're not able to you know, get out, you know, like your water and all this kind of stuff? I, I, I would say that most of us aren't resilient unless we have to be. And we only plan for the emergency after the emergency has already occurred. And I would say that to make your yourself or your entity resilient, you have to plan assuming an emergency could occur anywhere in your business at any time. So that's your risk analysis, basically. Risk analysis and to plan, you know, like what are you going to do when that happens What's some Before common things? What's some common things that happen in a business? Uh, oh, cash flow, uh, running out of money, uh, people not paying you. You uh, lose a big client. Yep, I had that once. That really hurt. I had to sell my house. It was like my mortgage gone. It was like, oh, damn. Couldn't afford dumb dames. So yeah. So is that? So do you lose sleep over, sleep over that if you? Like, how do you just? Because it is about building you, it. You can't, and, and I want to go back to what David was saying because I completely agree with that. Um, I think in order to have resilience in your business, you need to have resilience in yourself. And I think so if we look at it, building resilience, you've got to make sure that you've got those network of people around you that are going to be there. At least six. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, that's how I got through the but no, I mean, I remember after the earthquakes, you know, everyone saying to me, oh, you know, I was dealing with the earthquakes within the business, my own place was fine, but I decided that that was the best time to get separated and divorced and be a single mum and blah, 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 blah. And people saying to me, oh, how did you cope? And I went, well, I didn't have any choice. I had a business to run, so I got up and I went to work. Yeah. Um, but I couldn't have done that if I didn't have the support of everything around me. Yeah. And so, no matter what it is in the business, so long as you've got the people that you can talk to and mm. slap you around the face if you need to, um, just to move on. So it all comes back to. Yeah. And that, you I always person. say, I never underestimate the power of having good people around you. I mean, that's really kept me on the straight and narrow as well. I mean, that's what we're doing here. I mean, we're showing genuine interest to others. You don't really care about my thumb, do you guys? No. <laughs> Uh, yeah, oh Chris. And of course you need to self-defence and be able to... Yeah, we'll go James. When I started, yeah. when I first came here, we talked about um, earlier in the week that it was going to be about resilience. My first thought was, as I mentioned right at the start, was financial resilience of the business. Mm. But with everyone talking, it's sort of become more apparent to me that the other types of resilience um, and personal resilience, like we've been talking about, is to have people not, don't wait till something happens, but have people like lots of friends and family and stuff that you can go to and talk to. Mm. But there's two other things um, that where resilience really shows up is that by, by, by having a plan, and the big secret is having a plan. And, and one of them is a lot of people are drowning because, at the beach because they don't know what to do. So if you know what to do and you go out into the sea and you get caught in a rip, then you're going to survive. If you don't know what to do, you're not. Mm. And it's That's not that good. difficult to work out what to do. So that's resilience by having a plan, and it's the same which on the TV they're pushing at the moment quite a lot about getting out of your house in a fire. Same thing, resilience, okay? If you know what to do, you're going to have your plan in place beforehand, and when the house catches fire, you're going to find your way out. But if you don't know what to do, you're not resilient, you don't have a plan, um, you're probably not going to get out. Yeah, I had to share a personal story, sorry guys. Uh, after 
after the earthquakes, there was, uh, I was telling people this morning, but there was an aftershock. I, was, I just saw a friend who, who uh, I won't say get out of prison, but he did, and had seen him for <laughs> two and a half years, and it was quite an emotional thing to see him again, see him get back on his track. And then an aftershock hit, and I remember walking from probably about 500 metres, everyone was coming out of the buildings in the city, and they were standing around, they were upset, some people were crying. I got in my brand new V8 car, and um, and then I thought, oh, I wonder how my mum is, because I know she would have been evacuated from the mall she works in, and I thought I'd ring her. So I got my cell phone, I'm driving in the road on my cell phone, pulled up at the lights, and my mum, um, this guy taps on the window, who's a homeless guy, tells me to get off my phone. <laughs> And I wound in the window, and I don't think I've said anything like that to a person for a long time. And then my mum answers the phone, and she says, Hi, how are you, Danny? And I couldn't speak for about 45 seconds. And I just couldn't get any words out of my head. And all of a sudden, all the emotion of everything around me, you know, it would have been a good time probably to pull the car over and just sit there for a while. But then I went and got help. So I drove around trying, trying to find a counsellor to talk to. And then I found somebody, and I turned up there, and it was just, the whole process was stupid. Two days later, I found the right guy to talk to. And, and he, I told him everything was going on, I said, oh, you're normal, you just need to, you've got, your rubbish tin's a bit full, lad, go have a holiday. I go fishing, that's what I do, he said. <laughs> and I'm going next week off and I won't see you for a week because I'm going fishing. But the point is, what I'm thinking is, I, yes, everything came, caved into my life, but I didn't give up. I, I, found, I, I had a, a process around, right, I need to talk to somebody, I, I need to, you know, talk to my mum, I need to, you know, help other people. And I did all these other things, and I had a plan. And I think that's what I'm talking about, is the resilience that we need in business, is why do we have people who sit at home by themselves trying to make their business work, and it's not going to work, it's not feasible, why don't they share that, and that's what we've got here. If somebody sits here with an idea that's no good, we we'll probably can't help ourselves. We have to help them, and tell them off, and wake them up. And that's where we care about each other, isn't it? Anyone else got anything? Oh, sorry, didn't realise you had a ball. Chris. Um. It's just—it's interesting listening to you. I've always looked at resilience as very separate. There's a lot of talk around uh, strategy and planning, and risk assessment, and things. But in my mind, resilience is, is more of a personal thing in yourself, and it's a mental capability to be able to handle the situation or navigate what's going on. You can have all the best strategies and plans in the world. And you have no control, though, of external factors. So, and, and this, you know, last year when my business failed, we had no control. We had all the plans and strategy in place to be able to go forward, but in the end, we were sunk by other people not doing things that they should be doing. And so, you can't. You've got to be able to be resilient to navigate that. It becomes more of a personal and a strength as opposed to necessary strategy and planning and risk assessment. They are all, all needed. Just because you know something doesn't mean you're resilient. You just got to actually be able to navigate that whole situation. Um, so I've always seen resilience as more—it's more of a mental and strength. But in your business, resilience is, in my mind, it's more your culture. Is your culture that you've built within your business between you and your employees—is that resilient to external factors, to media attention, to what's going on in your industry, as opposed to necessarily? Your business resilience, which is more about smart financial planning, smart operational planning, data backups, data access, all those kind of things. That's all planning. But is your culture within the business actually resilient to be able to handle customer uh, complaints or being able to change, pivot and change direction? 
is it agile? Is, is that built into your culture? That's the resilience that I see, not necessarily strategy and planning. And that's good. All right, so uh, uh, people's experience with resilience, that's uh, what we normally discuss the first half. Um, so what's some practical steps that we could do that aren't rocket science to have resilience? Uh, I think sharing um, you know, what's happening in your business is really important myself. Rob? Yeah, I heard Chris essentially totally destroy my initial comment. <laughs> Again, that happened. There's a pattern there, isn't it? <laughs> but uh, I will be resilient and I will bounce back onto idea number two. Um, and that is that I thought if we were talking about people or, or businesses but materials and we were talking about a resilient material, it would be elastic. It would be stretchable, pliable, etc. And and I was thinking when Chris was saying that um, if I was on a phone call to like a customer or supplier or whoever, and it wasn't going very well, I, I may have a tendency as a human to get off that call and and react and, and go. But if I'm considering that I want to be resilient and you know, like elastic and pliable and flexible and stuff, I will recognise how, how I'm feeling at the moment and then allow that to go and think, okay, right, so now I have some new information, what am I able to do now after I've calmed down? Have so you got off the phone rather than reacting whilst you're still on the phone with what? yourself? Well, I was just speaking um, off the top of my head, but yeah, that's quite right. Yeah, you know, so you had a resilience <laughs> is to recognise whatever the new thing has happened in our environment yeah. and to calm down and deal with it. Yeah, you have to calm down a lot, that Rob. <laughs> just like it was on a break. Just make the analogy to the rope. I like the concept of the, the whole resilient culture that you put in. But making the analogy to the rope, I was in agreement with what you're saying about risk management and planning, but, and you did contradict me. But, <laughs> but the two of them both <laughs> have the worth, the two are hand in hand, and, and the concept of the rip and if you know what to do in a rip then when you get in the rip you know how to survive resilience is also having if you can be more resilient you can learn to look at the water and understand that there's a rip there and not get into the rip so by having cultural resilience it may avoid having to deal with the issues and getting in them and there are outside forces which you can control less but if there is future planning there, then for the ones that you are unforeseen, you might foresee them in advance by being a little bit more aware, but there is that resilience that can mean that you get yourself in less issues where you may need to be resilient. And that's a cultural thing, I think, would would certainly help avoiding that. Thank you. Um, Helen, is it? Yeah. yeah. Um, with our online businesses, Jenny and I have, we've had to become very resilient to some of the customer emails we get. They are so nasty. And you sit there and you just go, why am I doing this? 
and you know why you're doing it because you're you're you are we are making some good money out of it but it's um these people are just so rude and at first i said danny oh i don't know how to reply to this person they're just so nasty and at first i'd get my back up and i'd send an email back where the emotion had come out from me yeah. and he said don't do that you can't do that so yeah, then i <laughs> yeah, so then he said, become a robot, just get the standard emails, and we've both got these, a number of standard emails that we send off, and um, it, it is a lot better now, but I am the sort of person that a please and a thank you and just addressing an email nicely and not, you know, being really nasty to the person goes a long way for me, and so I do take it on board, and I've had to become really resilient because it just eats you up inside, these people are so nasty, and um, I definitely have become resilient in sending these emails back and just yeah robot emails but it, it's hard you you do take it personally and um yeah come and work with me for a couple of weeks i'll have you yeah actually that's a good story yeah. i'd like to have that one nigel just thinking get through the last few um comments starting with james now. i think in some ways in we can define resilience as the nature of the reaction when something happens can't we all the planning, everything you can, you can have there, but in some ways it's just that moment after when something happens, what sort of mode do you flip into at that point? It could be part of your defining of the Yeah, I quite like that, sir. So it's a reaction you get can from just the situation? Uh, yeah, and then um, what it's One here. One of the interesting oh. things that, from what you're saying then, Nigel, that immediately comes to mind is, is, is how the military operate and how the military people are trained, particularly army people. They're trained. Um, with a, a serious discipline whereby they do before they think um, so that you've got a whole big bunch of people there that if they stop to think about what they're going to be told to do they're probably not going to do it because chances are they might die but if they're trained properly they will go and do it and they won't think about that they'll be solely focused on, on doing it so um, what that means is that you need not just to have a plan in place but you need to know that plan so well that when something happens you don't have to think that you will automatically go into a reactive state whereby you sort the problem out. That's that takes cool. a lot of training. That's actually a really good analogy. Yeah, like that's that. the point. That's a training. Yep, train, train yourself to that point. Yeah, yeah. So it's where the military train to that point. So that's, resilience, yeah. by definition, has to have this training component, doesn't it? Mm. That's mm. how you react. That's mm. how you react. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you've totally, um, we'll go to Sierra, but um, you've totally changed the focus from I'm going to die to um, make sure we do this right. I was going to agree with Helen. There is a certain amount of being thick-skinned with your job. Yeah. Um, being thick-skinned, one, because you've got irate clients or whatever they decide to vent. Um, being thick-skinned, separating business from personal. Because I would often get people that become acquaintances and then they're free therapy. So you have to be kind of thick-skinned to say, actually, I can book you for So it's, it's thick-skinned, being thick-skinned is a number of dimensions. Yeah, yeah. You're not charging by the hour, are you, Jason? <laughs> <laughs> but actually, if I made this quite a point here, though, about this ability to separate your profession from your personal. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, well, and that's, we're sitting on the sofa doing emails last night at 10, 11 o'clock at night, you know, and we share the funny ones. So I said, uh, <laughs> Try not to share the negative ones because it's not a nice way to go to bed and feeling that somebody's pissed off with you, you know. Yeah. Uh, David Clarkson. Just going back to what James said and also, uh, 
in, in the military, what they used to call before you had a problem, well, sorry, when you were approaching a problem, is you did what they called an appreciation, which meant you went through a series of steps to analyse a situation in front of you. And that then enabled you to cope with the situation and some of the ramifications that you foresaw coming out of the problem and the way you're going to approach it. So that helped you with your resilience. The other thing that helped you with resilience is you've all seen the soldiers marching up and down and doing the, the exercises that you see soldiers doing, like the rifle drill and the reacting to orders and all that sort of thing. And it was that constant repetition that reinforced in people's mind how they reacted to things. And if in fact we get used to thinking those sorts of things through, it just means that when we actually hit the situation, it can help us. And that's where visualising around the things that are maybe in front of us that we've got, that we're going to face, will help us in those sorts of situations. Seeing ourselves in there, actually reacting to it, and what would we do, and how would we do it. And having done that in advance helps us a hell of a lot from the directions coming forward. Yeah. Um, and, and in terms of the toughness thing, it's the old story, the more we do of it, the better we get at it. Mm-hmm. And that means that we're able to be more resilient in more circumstances. Yeah, can you share resilience or something I'm thinking about? Um, well, yeah, I guess that's exactly what I have done. I've got one member of staff who's been with me for maybe three and a half years now, and Poor she, girl. I know, <laughs> and she's just got the holiday for October 2021, so that's a good sign. Um, yeah. But I would say she probably cried five out of every five working days when she first started with me because she took everything on board. She started with me as a receptionist, so it was more dealing with the tenants and their soft stories and all the rest of it, and so she would be crying about somebody else's situation, which would stop her being able to deal with it and just, you know, make her way through it. And now, you know, I've said to her, you can't lose sleep and you can't stress about something that you haven't actively partaken in. So, yes, you can get upset and angry if you've made a mistake and cost me money or whatever but if it's outside of your control you just can't take it personally and so over the last three and a half years and now she is a property manager so she's involved in a lot more of it we probably get tears once a week um but maybe once a fortnight now Um, but it has actually been really interesting seeing her develop and i know that it's also helped her personal life and things that she's dealing with spending six hours in the emergency department last sunday Watching the resilience of the uh, the doctors and nurses, that that was, uh, and they had to they had to literally take all the emotion out. And I was a bit of a character and we had a bit of fun, you know. But they were very focused on what they were doing, especially when they had a needle stuck in here. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think that's a sort of I think that's the separation of emotion, taking emotion out of it. It's, it's not easier said than done, though. So anyone got any tips? Oh. I was just going to just backing up. You guys sort of see with the uh, martial arts school and self defence courses and things. It, it's a, a, you drill like we drill the guys and girls all the time through different possible scenarios. So that if if something happens, they they can react, they can assess it, and then they can act accordingly to whatever they need to. And 
it's it's interesting when you watch people build that resilience around when they first turn up and they have to do something, maybe stand in front of the crowd and, or have to come and perform a technique and they fail and then they come back and they try again and try again. They build the resilience that it's not one, no longer an issue for them to come out and stand in front of them. They build that confidence up, they understand. And we do an exercise in self-defense courses where you stand in front of someone and then you scream in their face to see how you would react when someone's actually in your face screaming at you because you have to be able to react and assess the situation on whether or not you actually need to knock their lights out or you just need to step back or what's going on. You need to not laugh in their face. Or laugh really them. <laughs> But having that resilience is like what you were talking about before, being elastic and being able to react and assess and then flex according to what it was there because how you, how you act, react to the situation is different every time depending on what is the factors involved in that situation. Mm. You know, um, if, whether it's an aftershock, it's a major earthquake, or it's a complete leveler. It's very different reactions, but our our ability to assess that and then determine our own actions from there, depending on that, we're now hopefully all well better prepared than we were before because we've had to face that and we've had to go through it. And so we're now far more resilient to an event like that of varying degrees. So is it like a fire drill that they do once a year? I mean I did a first aid course after a guy nearly died and then I was driving the car down the road a couple of three weeks ago and the guy crashes and flips over the bike and I'm the first responder there and all of a sudden you think oh that's right now what do I've got to do? You know because I haven't practiced that situation um, thank goodness but I mean then and that's why they do fire drills so maybe how do you test resilience in your company? You take all the money that you have in your bank and have a zero bank account and see how you get on for a couple of weeks. Or do you, you know, what, do you, what, what are some things you could do? I think that um, you know, a lot of this conversation reminds me of the courses I used to run in Auckland, right? People start. And what we would do is we would drill the technique, which is a very basic technique, over and over and over 14 hours a day for three and a half days. And at the end of it, in fact, halfway through it, you are so tired, you become completely automated about, I'm going to inhale, speak off the top of the breath, exhale, pause. Inhale, speak off the top of the And you just do it completely automatically. So that when you go outside after two days and you strike up a hundred conversations, you know you're going to get a lot of varying reactions from 100 people that have had a stranger approach them. <laughs> right? From really interested to totally disinterested. And, and you were told, go straight into technique. Right? And, and before you even approach that person, get your breathing right. Go down the chest establish and maintain eye contact. And we've got this whole drill and mantra that we'd go into and, and you'd almost chant it over and over and over. But hearing, hearing what David and, and James were saying is that you you are taking, or at least the army have, you know, like and, and in self-defense courses, you are taking your experience of what could possibly happen in, in these situations and you're creating a response for every situation that could come up. You're practicing it 
so that when that situation occurs, you automatically go into it. And what I'm hearing, if I apply this to Helen's reading an email, is that if you're in Toastmasters, you are taught to respond every time. Command, recommend, command. So if you get an email in, your, your reply is kind of like issuing feedback to that email. Thank you for your email. <laughs> right? Right. I appreciate you sharing your concerns with me. Right? Um, and then you go into what the concerns are, and then at the end of it, you say, you're like, I eagerly yell out, wait, you're responsible, whatever. So if you can have an automated reply when that um, email comes in that you don't really want to get, but you know you're going to get it at some stage, you have an automated response. Mm. I'm going to start on a positive. I'm going to address the issue or ask for more information, and then I'm going to you know, end politely. We mm. actually do do that. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Thank you but for your email. And my apologies for not contacting you sooner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah your parcel is has been processed. We're still waiting for the dragon. Apparently, there's people in China that are a lot sicker than you. <laughs> <laughs> no, we didn't say that. <laughs> and that was the one we wrote in so should we? Yeah, no. All right, here comes the I'm just wondering if, <laughs> you know, because you're, like, you're dealing with all those imported Chinese products, if that, that you well have a little disclaimer at the bottom, right? Yeah. Right, if you start feeling unwell within <laughs> the next 14 days, right, please contact us, you know, like, for information about <laughs> We have had one or two going, can I cancel my order, because it's coming from China. <laughs> yeah, and they're scared they're going to get viruses. So is that then, yeah. um, you take the analogy of the army and, and martial arts and what you talk about, the study courses and stuff like that, and if you apply that into your business, it's building resilience in your business then it is about drilling. It's about doing what you can do well and drilling that day in, day out in your staff and so your business is resilient to change is, that comes. Your coaching is quite important. Your coaching is how you actually get it going. Not only coaching though side of it for that personal development, but just the things that you do. So property management, you do it every day, day in, day out and it could be constantly analysing it. So you're effectively drilling it and training how to manage expectations of customers and what happens in the properties and stuff and every time you're drilling that you're making your whole business more resilient around a change that may happen in the property industry or a new thing that suddenly appears from a customer because you've drilled that with your staff again and again and again and so that you're so focused you, your business can react to various scenarios yeah. like you're saying with yeah. different scenarios that have occurred. It's been so, fluid isn't it? Yeah, so yeah. resilience of the yeah. business potentially is actually about drilling your, what you do. What is the service or the product that you offer and your staff offer and then what is their job and making sure that they are drilling that all the time to deliver the best on any scenario that possibly comes along. Fiona? Um, I was just going to say about um, creating, I guess it's a, for me it's creating that environment where the resilience is easier, I guess. Because when I first started my business, I was married to somebody who didn't support like I have now. So creating that environment where the people around you and your business can be resilient and the people that are supporting you are 
on your side. I guess, mm. sort of heading in the same direction. And heading in that same direction. Yeah. Actually making sure that the whole package, I guess, whether it be your actual business and the people that are around you and the closest people are on, you know, are on board and it actually support you and your business can support you as well as kind of having that holistic, I guess, thing around it. Yeah. It's not just the business and the way that you work it and the systems you have, it's about having that whole package. So we've got a bit of an oxymoron going on at the moment, because I've sold, I think we've got about 100, I've got 180 orders outstanding, and you've probably got about the I've same. I've got about 95. So we've got about, we've got the money, it's in the bank account, we've ordered the product, they've taken our money for it, and now we're waiting for people to dispatch the goods. And every day we look at the email and it's, oh, have to, oh no, that's a new person. <laughs> you know, so it's sort of a funny place to be. Uh, but it doesn't bother me at all because I've worked out a strategy, uh, worst scenario, and that's how I look at things. So I'm thinking, well, if we have to give all the money back, we've still got the orders that have been done now are actually starting to work as per normal. So we've all got that, but the, the backlog isn't clearing. So I'm saying, well, we've still got jobs coming in, so we'll just give the money back if we have to. But because we've still got money in, we're going to have a month of no money coming in or no profit, but we'll break even. That's not working with that. So that's how we've built a strategy around being not worried about it. Um, I had a thought today, for, and I... Just had, one today? Had, I had this thought driving past Hangley Park on the way here this morning, and I thought it was... I had, had no application to today at all, but I can, see, I can see where this is going, it actually possibly has. So I want you to consider that you are playing softball and you have a glove here. Now your glove is resilient, you know, like, and your hand will flex as, as the ball can't with yours won't. But so when we run our our businesses, we are experiencing, you know, like this thing happened and that thing and happened and that thing happened, and, right, and they're all there, you know, like, and so you know, the ball comes in there, right, and we're catching it and we're having a deal with it. And, and the more balls that come in, right, the more we know how, how to deal with them. But what I was thinking about, there's a lot of entrepreneurs who, who, who try to have a business that is so broad ranging and their potential customer base is so wide and huge that you deal in chocolates, you deal in managing property, etc, etc, right, and it's all, all of the questions and issues that we're going to get you know, are in a direction. But there are people out there who are trying to start businesses. The big park. The, the curveballs throwing in could come from any direction at all. And I think that the thing, right, I've never been in the army, right? but I imagine right, if you're in the army, you've worked out what your job is in the army. When I was working with people who stutter, I know exactly what is going to come up on those courses. But some people running businesses out there, right, that problems could come in from any direction at all. And you're having to have literally eyes in the back of the head, which is impossible. And I think that if anybody is listening to this podcast, if you create a business, create a, 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 a narrow simple definable business and you will be able to work out how you need to work and you will experience the issues that you can manage 
because if you try to start a business which is too big, you just, right, in terms of what we were talking about at the start of this conversation, you may plug on for years and years and years and years and you go, next year it's going to happen, next year it's going to happen. It's probably never going to happen because some ideas are too big. I think um, what I'm getting from what you're saying is um, when you're an entrepreneur, you're a one-man band. But when you're in the army and you cut your finger, what would you do? What did you do, James? Medic. Yeah. So you had Someone a department for everything. So, yeah. yeah. And when you're working for yourself, you don't have a department for everything. You're the one-man band. And, and obviously, we're not used to being a medic. <laughs> so we had to figure out how to put a band-aid on a toilet paper. Anyway, okay. So we've got um, six minutes before it's ten thirty. Um, you guys had a good week, I hope. Yeah, I've had a quite nice week. It's a nice group, this. It's a good solid group. So, uh, how do I get you here every week, eh? Hey, hey, hey. Do I have to give you money? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's Alright then. I'll give you two dollars each. Yeah. You've got what this is? Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. You, know, yeah. you, you normally ask us about takeaways. Yes. Okay? And for me, the takeaway that's come out of this this morning is that in actual fact, to help us with our resilience, we need to help both. Oh, ten points. Yeah. Okay. And so that's and you want to talk about why we come back here. And your favourite word around us is community. And we come back to get that exposure to have the other people to help us in situations where we need to be resilient. So hope is the answer. I think I did say we need. Can we share resilience? And, uh, and I, I really mean it, if you need a hand or there's something going on, uh, you know, get some people out there who do care, and that's a really powerful thing, you know, so, uh, so yeah, that's a good takeaway, so, uh, community, village, village people, YMCA, okay, I can't see, um, takeaways, anyone else? As Chris said, it's how you react to the situation, to, yeah, yeah to how resilient you are, I guess. So it's the reaction. Maybe a drill could be a good idea. Think about uh, your vulnerabilities in your business. You know, what, what you know. It's been nice for uh, Helen and I, a bit more money in lately, so I'm not so worried about the money so much at the moment. But then, you know, that's changed, that's changed things quite a lot, really. You know, and it also changed my focus on Elite Six, because rather than trying to make this my main income stream, it's now a joyful part of my business. You know, it's, it's something I look forward to doing this meeting. So, you know, that's changed the perspective. But can we diversify in something we do? Nigel, I don't know um, if I trust you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of a three-legged stool. It's a model I tend to use. And for me, the three-legged stool here is resilience sits on instinct, environment, and support. And that's kind of the three things that I've seen come together here. Because if you didn't have a three-legged stool, it would be, uh, oh, we sold something, Helen. Like uh, it would be a pair of stilts, wouldn't it? That's just a model I like to use. Yeah. $12.90. Oh. <laughs> Get rich. That's what I'm selling this, yeah. And they're paid by PayPal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, really good. So uh, what next week, where did we go with this and what would be a nice topic to discuss next week? I suppose that's a good topic. Um, Fiona's got some chocolates here, by the way, which I'm dying to get um, because she has vegan gluten-free chocolates, which I can eat. Rude. So you want some chocolates, don't run away. But a topic for next week, resilience, perseverance. Nick's been quiet this week. Need a hug? Oh, Jason. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Try that already, didn't I? 
yeah. What about, um, it's, it's a similar subject, but what about discipline? Oh my god. Ooh. Yeah, that's a good one. Because yeah. we sort of crept into that a few times, and, yeah, and this resilience comes down to discipline, and discipline is through training, and training means you can do things yeah, like that. without yeah. thinking, through instinct. Yeah. So, yeah. so discipline in the, in the business, yeah. Yeah. What, how does discipline fit in fit yeah. your business? It's like we're, it's Valentine's Day today, and we found a lounge suite, and uh, we bought a washing machine. <laughs> and I thought, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it doesn't sound right. And, we, and Helen said to me last night, "Can we afford to buy the lounge suite?" And I said, "It's half price." We go half. She said, "It's great." <laughs> but uh, when you're in business and I've got money in the bank, then all of a sudden you think, "Oh, we spend it." And a mate of mine, uh, Steve, who does the watches, he's just bought himself a new electric car and uh, he's now getting a sign written and if he spends money all the time and I said Steve, Steve, open a bank account whatever you're going to spend on the sign writing, put it in the bank account and because he, he, I've seen this guy get $300,000 for a business he built up in a year and spend it like it was water and I get him, I understand why he does it, he dislikes you know, hustling and I said do something different, save some money and that's where discipline like saving uh, James has always given me a, a pat in the back, you know, we're still going to buy the lounge suite it's got a 40, <laughs> Valentine's Day has a 40% sale of it. But I'm using, I you know. I have got to work mine out. But that's all part of discipline, isn't it? You know, it, it not not being silly with business. Uh, and you see a lot of people who get into businesses earlier on, they get all this money and then they get into tax debt and they wonder why because they didn't put money away for tax. Yeah. Alright, I like that. So, discipline? Yep. And yep. A, a business discipline? Yep. It sounds a bit. Um, well, dress up for that one, guys. Hey, oh, by the way, I'll stop the podcast so I can waffle. Uh, thank you for tuning in. If you're listening, hello. Goodbye. Remember to share this. Click share. Have, have show of hands, who's actually listened to the podcast? Live. There's room for potential. Everyone had their hand up, didn't they? All right, thank you. We listened to it live because we were here. We did it because we were here. I actually listened to this back before I do the show again because I like I get so many things out of it like this week's topic was um, because you said about the topic last week was mentioned so I went back to the last 10 minutes of last week's and listened to it until I I thought it sounded like we needed to talk about um, resilience yeah all right thanks for listening